you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. The Around the NFL Podcast acts as a vehicle for Dan's bits. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined by a room, oh yeah, bitch, filled with heroes, Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What's up, boys? Hey, Dan. Ho! This is by far the longest we've ever gone without doing a show with the four of us, um, but we're now, the, the gang is back together, at least for one show. That's nice, isn't it? First buddy? time together since, what, the recap of Super Bowl 51? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's been ages. Well, there was, a, there was also the Super Bowl 51 preview show. We were all together for that, right? No, we, we like, weren't all together for that. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, um, it's like one of, those, one of those bands where now it's like, yeah, I'll take my bass part in New York, and yes. I'll just send it over <laughs> to you in London. We actually don't hang out at all. So, a, lot of, a lot of side projects. Yeah, it's like we actually didn't see Axl Rose for four years. He would just come in in the middle of the night, lay down vocals, and leave. We're we're at the Guns N' Roses "Use Your Illusion" uh, stage for our career. No, that's not true. But there's you know there's a lot of stuff going on. Wes in his his proud fight against the Big C, and we're. And How good, is? good point of progress on that, right? Did you kick Little C's ass? <laughs> Little C's gone, baby. Wow. And maybe I'm gonna. I'm not gonna say like it's been two and a half weeks. I'm just gonna say, yeah. If, if you need someone to look up to, I'm right here. You are an example. No congestion. An example of fortitude and bravery, really. <laughs> yeah, an inspiration. <laughs> but really, you are now. At, you're done with radiation and chemo, Wes. You rang the bell. I did. That, that was kind of a weird thing. Did you know that existed? I, I didn't hear about this until about a month ago, if but people, I was looking forward to it. Yeah, people are not aware. Or didn't, I don't know if you posted that uh, publicly, Wes, but uh, I, I guess on the... Uh, on my Instagram. Okay, on the floor where the, this stuff goes down, there's a bell that you ring when you finish uh, the, the rounds of chemo and radiation, and you're done with that. That's awesome. Done with that, and my next step is to visit with the surgeon. He'll put me through some tests, find out how much is still left in my body, and schedule surgery for... 
it's looking now like uh, sometime in mid to late August. All right. I liked when you rang the bell and like a fleet of nurses came out and (laughs) congratulated you and clapped for you. That was very nice. It's funny when I, because I was on vacation when I finally kicked Little C (laughs) and no bells, no nurses. And I was like, okay, that's fine. It was a proud fight. I didn't need it. You did it in silence perhaps, but you you, you were victorious. No no one beat a case of the sniffles caused by a hangover (laughs) better than you. (laughs) Okay. That's fair. That's fair. That's. That's the treacherous part about Little C. You are left to do your fighting really in a dark corner with nobody watching. Yeah, Wes has got all this, yeah, Wes has got all this support. <laughs> and, and, and you're mocked on yeah. top of it. No, that's not say, right. It's not right. Big C, if you if you really take a step back, it's a little bit of a glory, B situa- glory boy situation. <laughs> little C. You're alone. You're on your own. You grow from it. There ain't no bell to ring. Put it that way. <laughs> okay. This is ridiculous. <laughs> Wes, we're very happy that you are moving along in a positive direction. Uh, and that you're with us today, and we're all together for a show that, by the way, sponsored, or I should say presented by New Era. Uh, we had the Tuesday show that was, of course, um, uh, our first video show. They were going to do a series of video shows every Tuesday, and you could track down those video shows. I guess somebody on Twitter said that we didn't make it clear where to find it, which sounds very much like us. <laughs> didn't tweet uh, it out. D- yeah. yeah. Our ultimate goal to remain forever a niche podcast with a cult following. <laughs> we are going right along course right I, there. I have some information on this. Yeah. The Paramore and I were listening to Thursday's or Tuesday's podcast on the way to the airport. And Greg mentioned that you, that you could watch the video early in the show. However, he did not mention where <laughs> one could watch the video, but you did come back around at the end of the show okay. and say ATM video. So ah, that was like a go. test. Whoever sent me that tea maybe did not listen to the entire show. And in that case, uh, you banged. NFL.com slash ATN video will take you to all of our full shows uh, on Tuesdays and then any other stuff that pops up there. Today's show uh, is... It's a pretty good one. I'm very excited about it with the four of us together. We're going to go through uh, whatever whatever's fit for news or whatever passes for news uh, here as, in uh, mid to late July. What is, I don't even know what today July 13th, is. one today? day before Bastille Day. There you go. Uh, Bastille Day coming right up in a big spot, Mark. So glad to be back for that with all of you. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> so we'll go through the news on July 13th, uh, and then uh, we'll check in. Uh, I know this this could get a reaction in this room. Peyton Manning hosted the ESPYs, which I did not ro- watch, but I did check out the monologue this morning and wrote about it on the end around. I'll, I'll play some of his um, his best zingers in his 10-minute monologue, and we could mm. all chime in how Peyton did. Uh, and then we'll br- bring it back. I mean, if you're going to bring it back, bring it back in mid-July. Oh, you know what it is. Qual es tu fantasia? And if you don't know what it is, that's a lot of mystery because how would you – there are no context clues for a, a new listener to what Qualis tu Fantasia is. I mean, unless they spoke the, the language that we're speaking. But we made up the language, more or less. <laughs> well, it went through a Google translator, so it's probably <laughs> mostly made up, yes. It's got to be accurate. Um, all right. So but before we get – into, and we'll get a satellite hero on the horn that we haven't heard from in a while. So a very good show. I'm excited. Uh, say hello to Sully behind the glass. Fellas. Hey, buddy. 
Pre-show grade. I got to go with an A, personally. <laughs> you are not authorized <laughs> to get pre-show uh, grade. It's not how it works, <laughs> yeah, you've been, yeah, I know, no, personally, but I was I was going to ask Dan, what's your pre-show grade? You, you've been on the edge of being <laughs> admonished and told to, you know, all right, well, let's pipe down a little bit, Sully. I think this is where now you've gone over the line. That's fine. I wasn't – I was giving my own opinion whether it was asked for or not, I was, but I was going to ask Dan, what is your pre-show grade? Well, it's funny you should ask that, Sully, because <laughs> – yeah. A lot of times we oh Dan always says the same thing, but with the four of us all together for the first time in a month and some fun things to talk about, and uh, back from vacation, kick the little C, big C's in trouble and big trouble uh, over to my left. I mean, you, an obvious B minus. <laughs> Let's do some news. <laughs> Touchdown on play number one, Peyton Manning. Ah, uh, Peyton Manning. Yes, we'll get to Peyton a little bit later, and uh, let's talk. Oh, uh, let's talk a little Sam Darnold. You guys know this guy. You guys know Sam Darnold. Yeah. All right. Feels unnecessary, but I got you. Anyway, he was on the. Not a member of the Jets. He's no, he's not a member of the Jets. He's not declared <laughs> for the NFL draft. Uh, he is, in my wildest of fever dreams, um, a 14-year 14 14-year 14 starter for the Jets. That's a, a massive star that uh, takes me out of uh, permanent despair. Uh, but there's a lot of lot of things that have to happen for the, to go that way. And first of all, right off the top, I don't think I don't know if you guys talked about it when I was away last week, but Daniel Jeremiah. Oh, we did. Oh, you good? Move the sticks. Made the um, you know he had talked to someone that says it could be two years before. Uh, Darnold comes out. I'm not going to be ignored, Dan. And uh, Darnold actually disputed that report on ESPN. He was on The Six. Very hip, uh, very contemporary version of Sports Sports Center. I don't know if you watch The Six. What channel is it on? Oh, yeah. Sports Center, bro? No, The Six. Is it on ESPN? <laughs> ESPN. Just regular <laughs> Sports Center. They've rebranded their 6 p.m. Sports Center as The Six. Oh, well, now I'll watch it. Yeah. With, with, uh, with that kind of rebranding. With what's her name and what's his name? Oh, how dare you, Jamel Hill, Michael Smith? Thank you. I mean, who's watching Sports Center at six p.m.? Who's watching last, anything by appointment? Anyway, so Darnold he did not, he disputed the report from Jeremiah, which you know I'm not even going to touch. Uh, but he said um, um, that that's not the case. The what the report was is that it wouldn't be surprised if Darnold played two more seasons at USC. Darnold said that's not the case, uh, and he isn't certain of anything yet, uh, and questioned who those supposed sources are. Marron, I'll stay out of it again. Uh, but then he was asked what his plans are, um, and he went with the athlete cliche thing, one one day at a time, one uh, game at a time, anything, anyway. And then he was asked about, do he, does he believe that the Jets or any team should attempt to purposely lose games in order to better their chances of drafting him, uh, the hashtag scam for Sam? And he replied, I don't think any team should tank their season because of me. I disagree. It's essentially what Peyton Manning uh, did before he was drafted. Remember, he, came, he went back to school. Oh, I remember, a, Mark. Well, the team went 1-15 in the previous the, season. The Jets who lost out. Yeah, and if it happened again, eh, might be following some paperwork in the Chris I mean, Wessling he, School of Sports Fandom. I mean, he didn't, really dis- <laughs> <laughs> he didn't really dispute this either. He just said he's taking it year by year, which is to, to Daniel's reporting and point was that 
don't consider it a just lock. Just call DJ Daniel. You're like the first no, person not? to ever do that. That's what they do on TV. They call him Daniel. And oh, because you're in TV. <laughs> <laughs> are you? Wait a second. Are you? Is that NFL Network's Greg Rosenfall? I don't know. Is he sat on a phone? Uh, yeah. Well, that'd be him then. He reported that, you know, it wouldn't be a surprise based on what he knows if he stays for two years. And uh, Darnold didn't dispute that. He said he's taking it year by year. Would it, it has been kind of assumed for no reason at all that, of course, this guy's A is going to be the number one overall pick. And then B will actually want to come out when you really have no idea. He's a young kid. He's a redshirt sophomore. Who knows what he's Something doing. is going to go wrong. Or just he wants to stay in school. Why not? Well, that's something going wrong for the Jets. The chances that it actually works out for the Jets are negative in negative digits. I know that. I absolutely. I'm aware that it's nothing ever works out, uh, especially something this, with this many thing. This many levers need to be thrown, and the wheels have to turn in all the certain directions. It's gonna somehow the Colts will end up with him, and they'll and they'll put him on like a seven year starting plan or something. Uh, I, I understand that, but you can't plan your. You can't for better or worse. You can't pre-plan your season. In May and June, the way that this has been outlined, like the Jets automatically, they're going to go watch them go be surprisingly, annoyingly mediocre oh, and go like whole, six and ten. Even in the, that's how they lost out on Marcus Mariota. They do that a lot as well. Anyway, we'll see. And by the way, the whole thing, two years maybe will be, uh, Jets will still be in good position probably then as well. <laughs> so moving on. Hey, Bruce Arians, good to hear. Um, uh, speaking of the big C, he had a, um, a spot, a cancerous spot of some time on uh, of some kind of his kidney. Uh, in February, and they went in there and they removed that. Good to hear uh, that Bruce, and it actually, you know, we talked about on this pod a lot, that he just didn't seem like himself, and it turns out yeah. that he, uh, in addition to having chest pains, and we had that incident, he was diagnosed with this near the end of the season and coached through it and obviously wasn't himself. Hopefully we'll get the old Bruce Arians this year. Well, I wonder what he'd have to say about what you went through with the hangover that <laughs> delved into a, a slight cold. But um, well, you're right. I think we could tell that the energy and the whole team's energy is a reflection of Arians the previous season, that it kind of just didn't seem the same last year. Um, a slight cold feels like a bit of an understatement. But anyway, Arians was on Good Morning Football on Wednesday, and he shared a, a story about uh, drinking paint as a kid. I'm, I'm happy Bruce Arians is alive after hearing this story. Uh, take it away, GMFB. <laughs> I, I was uh, allergic to milk as a child, and my older brother would always get a big glass and drink it in front of me all the time. And Dad was painting the kitchen uh, one day, and uh, I saw that big, creamy white bucket and just grabbed it and started drinking it. And uh, got now my that is grit personified. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna have some milk. <laughs> wow. so, uh, did you eat paint chips as a kid? He's like, yeah, of course. Yes, I actually, I actually literally ate paint as a kid. That's yeah. incredible, Bruce. I actually uh, got out of a terrible job. Um, in 1993, my my the year I came back from a freshman year of high school, I had this one of you know this like typical college person house painting jobs you get, and it, I was awful. And the first uh, within the first week, I was paired up with this gigantic like football behemoth guy, and we put a ladder through an old woman's like gigantic window that shattered all over her living room, and then we poured a white can of paint on this woman's uh, roof. Which, like, for years later, she'll still uh, showed a terrible stain, and so I oh had to get out of this job. And I went back in the woods and sampled oil paints because they had been um, giving me allergies. And I was like, if I t if I have a big 
scoop of oil paint, I will definitely get sick and have a mm. legit excuse to, to not paint again all year. And it went perfectly. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Got out of the job. Very smart. Very, very cunning, Mark. You've always been a very wily man or boy in that case. Uh, you know, not to bring it back to, you know, the world of football or anything. But no, I, don't do I, that. I, I noticed some real implications in what Bruce wrote in his book. I mean, the quote that he wrote was, now I feel great. My energy has returned. I told him, I'm told I'm cancer free again. I'm ready for at least one more season of NFL football, maybe more. And that's something that he put in his book. That cer- certainly sounds like a guy who's thinking about the end. This is a coach who in just the last has, this is his third cancer scare of some sort. Just in the last eight months, he had a problem with his digestive tract. He had chest pains. And he also writes that he now realized nothing is guaranteed in life, that you need to enjoy it. You need to celebrate your life to the fullest. And he's saying, you know, maybe I'll coach more than one year. It does sound like a guy who's at least thinking about maybe my coaching career is kind of winding up. This could be the swan song for Bruce Arians, Carson Palmer, Larry Fitzgerald, all in the same season, which... You know, when I think about that, hmm. we're casting a pretty wide net for team of ATNFL. Hmm. And when I hear this quote, I want to be a beacon of hope for others struggling with cancer. My fight is their fight. I'm not coaching for myself in 2017. I'm coaching for everyone who's dealing with cancer. This wow. is my charge. Hmm. That That's almost go. like he's aiming directly. That was almost a message to us. Hey, come back to the cards. It's a wide open. I feel good about uh, the team of ATL this year. Um because I feel like there's some really good teams to choose from, and it seems like we're we're on the same page with several of them. That one today I'm, we are. Today we are. It's going to get very thorny, I predict. I think it might be one of the. I think it might be the first season though that we choose to pick the team before the season starts. Which I always thought that that's how we should do it. Just that, because part of such, the diceiness such good is strong, waiting. There's some good strong. Well, what happened options? to our pick a team out of the hat scenario, and uh, ride or die with you know. It's a little bit. Could, very it's different, a little bit cowardly. Mm. Like most off-season shows, I forgot that happened. <laughs> but that's a good point. Hey, let's move on to the Throne of Ease. This is uh, according to a report from the AP. That's the Associated Press. An exclusive club in the Tony Town. Tony Town. Tony? It's a very nice town. A Tony An Town. An affluent yeah. Tony. Tony Town. Where Tom Brady and Giselle Bunchen live has finally admitted the celebrity couple... The Boston Globe had reported that the, the Country Club, that's what it's actually called, which is so Tom Brady that the country club he would be in is called The Country Club. <laughs> in Brookline, a leafy and affluent Boston, Boston suburb, I'm sure, Greg, you know it well, quietly approved the membership for the New England Patriots star quarterback and his supermodel wife, Wes. Um, you know that I am all about... Uh, a Robin Hood. I'm a Robin Hood figure in this building <laughs> when, in a lot of ways. When, you know, when did it graduate from Cole Town to Robin Hood? Well, what the, all the the wars that I go through in the parking lot. Oh yeah, um, that's true. Um, you are a man of the people when it comes to fighting the parking lot wars. And and I know or your own parking space. You're <laughs> in the exclusive area. Um, and Wes, you <laughs> the talent area. You're you are from West Cincinnati, born and raised. Uh, and uh, how about how about this little anecdote here? Or this little story. Uh, their application, Brady and Bunchen's application, languished for two years while other members of the country club debated whether they, uh, the couple might be a little too high profile for the privacy-minded club. Hmm. Founded in 1882 on Chestnut Hill. 
I don't understand how these clubs work, so I, I don't know. I, I I didn't know high profile was a bad thing for these clubs. I assumed that they would grandfather Tom Brady and his supermodel wife in just for the publicity, but I guess if you're a country don't club, you don't want publicity. This you is where you want J- to be as exclusive as possible. J- Brookline is where JFK and his family grew up, and I'm sure the Kennedys probably belong to this this club if it's been open that long too. Oh, that, the, all these people in the country club are obnoxious for the most part. I mean, the fact that they're just these country clubs in general are obnoxious. They're on my radar a little bit more because Malcolm Gladwell, uh, he's got a this is your boy. Great, I was just about to bring it up. Great podcast, that. Uh, and that his first episode this season was about all of the the ways that the country club owners, you know, in Los Angeles basically steal taxpayer money through uh, you know, politics and freaking Bob Hope and take take up all of take up all this space when there's no park. It's like enough with your country clubs. Let's take them down. The, the idea was basically let's take down the country clubs. Let's He was specifically let's talking warm about up. golf courses, but yes. part of country clubs. Yeah. Can't obviously. imagine a room full of people I'd re- I'd less want to hang out with than like a country club full of like self-satisfied egomaniacs. Greg, yeah, that what? doesn't seem like your crowd. I worked at a couple of country clubs. Actually, I'm sure you in did. The back room. <laughs> sure in the back did. room. I clean clubs. What was JFK Jr. like? <laughs> <laughs> All right. You you worked in the in the back room. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, no, that's that's all. You were you used to be you were a caddy all through your team. I mean, I stopped talking because when you said what was he like, I wanted to say dead, but then I thought that's inappropriate. He's deceased. He has passed away. Factual. Tragic plane crash in uh, 1999. Um, now you know where he crashed, don't you? The vineyard. Vineyard. Mm. All right. Finally, in the news, uh, Megatron. You remember him, don't you? Oh yeah, yeah. great player. <laughs> <laughs> as I pull up the story. Um, he retired at a young age. I believe he was in his early 30s. Um, one of the great wide receivers, receivers, of course, of his generation, I believe, anyway, that he's a, a Hall of Famer, no doubt about it. Um, but the fact that he retired early, that's that could affect his status. He was 30 years old when he walked away, and he spoke out um, about why he decided not to uh, come back to the Lions for another season. And uh, this was a – he told um, the Italian media this. Why does the Italian media care about <laughs> Love Megatron? Love scoop. What a scoop. Yeah, anyway, good scoopage uh, from the Italian media. Uh, anyway, he said this, and the Detroit News um, picked it up. I was stuck in my contract with D- Detroit, and they told me they would not release my contract, so I, ha- I would have to come back to them. I didn't see the chance for them to win a Super Bowl at the time. And for the work I was putting in, it wasn't worth my time to keep on beating my head against the wall and not going anywhere. It's the definition of insanity. He wanted to win it, but he just didn't see that opportunity. Uh, Obviously, in reference to playing with the Lions, who have never won a Super Bowl. And this feels like the perfect time to bring back, um, you know, he is a man that is plugged into Lions culture. He is our... um, He's our heartland correspondent in a lot of ways, and he's also got a sick body. Kevin Patrick, coming at you, baby. What's going on, fellas? Long time. Long time. <laughs> Too long. <laughs> Miss you, buddy. What's going on, Patrick? Before we get into this Lions business, uh, what's going on? How's your bod? Oh, you know, still working on it. Still working on it. <laughs> got a lot of... Got a lot to do every day. Different different venture every day, Dan. We've been talking about this long enough that I know, based on the calendar, exactly where you are right now. You're about 
cutting weight because of the beach situation, not about bulk or mass. It's yep. more about cutting up, getting that six pack slash eight pack. Uh, of course, that 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 V. Like if you've got a really hot bod, I don't know anything about this. You can get the the V that points down toward yeah. your genital you region. Right. I can't, but you others others can. How's that going? How's your vicious V? <laughs> My vicious V is on the rise. Ah. Coach, Coach, Coach Tesla's got me working hard. So, yeah, Patrick and I discuss this daily. This guy is a grinder. He's a hard worker. Is he? Is he? Would you? If you had to make an all-star team of uh, or like a first-team All-Pro beach body, is Patrick a first-team All-Pro? Absolutely. He's been that. He's been That's that. Kind of- you know, a first-team All-Pro body individual. Although Wes, you you might have different words than I would on that. Uh, I think Patra probably outweighs me at this point. Oh, finally. Yeah, but that's, you know, damning with faint praise. Yeah. <laughs> I I have no room to talk about Patra's body anymore. Mm. Oh. What are you going are you going to pile on on that Patra? But that was Still a little bit of, that was a sneaky it's, shot that he was basically yeah. saying it took cancer for you to pass him. <laughs> it's true. Patra I'm going to let that one slide. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kevin Patra. So there you go. You know the story. Hell, you wrote the damn thing on NFL.com, um, the Around the NFL page. Uh, as a Lions fan, a long-suffering Lions fan, and Calvin Johnson was really the, the, the face of the franchise in a lot of ways, the biggest face of the franchise since Barry Sanders, you could argue. Mm-hmm. Um, did it sting you at all? Were you annoyed at all that this, this was the reasoning behind Megatron walking away? Well, when I first read the read his quotes my kind of my my first initial thought was like no sh-. like mm. of course it was more than just the injuries I mean, the guy was still playing at a peak level even though he was banged up and he he cited that you know his hand was hurt and he had you know concussion issues in the past but i mean there's always there's there was always something with the lions where the losing will will grind you just as much as the injuries if they were a winning team consistently over the course of his career it would be different if they were close to a super bowl but she says he didn't see it, then it would be different. Maybe he would have hung on a year or two more. So I, I think any time a player retires before obvious injuries or obvious decline happens, there's always more than just, oh, my hand was hurting and I've had surgeries and I want to hang it up. There's always more to the story than that. So this is just him at this point just coming clean with what I think most mm. of us knew and being honest about the situation. It took him to go to Italy to, to be honest about it, but I, I think this is finally you're hearing it from his 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 mouth, hmm. what I think most Lions fans believe to be true from the day he said he was leaving. I thought the criticism of him that came uh, with this story was unfair. He could have blasted the Lions on his way out. He waited exactly. 16 months. He's not blasting me either. He's just being honest. All he did was answer a question, and, and what he said wasn't even that bad. It was understandable, totally understandable. It's totally understandable. It's also worth noting he said a year ago at this time that – he had decided he was going to retire before the 2016 season even started, 2015 season even started, which sort of doesn't add up with, with this story. So, I don't know. Who this, knows? This is well, also a guy that, well, like, did it alone for the Lions on offense for so long. While playing through a, a host of injuries. Right. Right. I would say, I mean, I, I think it I, to, to uh, rebut Greg's point that it doesn't add up, I think – Years of losing and years of being mediocre do add up. I think mm-hmm. it's probably something that ground grinded on him for years and years and years. And, and then, then, then you see Indomic and Sue walk out the door. Yeah, yeah. You see your best defensive player. They lost that in that terrible way to the Cowboys, and he was probably like, lost our de- we basically lost our defense. 
we're not get, we're not getting any better on offense. I mean, I'll give it one more year, and then unless something dramatic dramatic happens, I'm gone. I think I think that actually mm-hmm. this saying that that he didn't see the way to the Super Bowl makes more sense in the storyline if he decided before after they lost that playoff game to the Cowboys that he just didn't see even if they had won that game that they were going to go much further. It's it's I mean he's only 31 years old right now. I mean he is the same age as a lot of the not too far off from some of the top wide receivers in the leagues. I'm sure I'm sure he'll he'll tell some like Sicilian reporter that he's signing with the Patriots <laughs> in a couple weeks. Well, I think part of it has to do with why he's com- he's comfortable talking about this now in a very blunt manner is there was a report that he the Lions made him pay back millions of dollars mm. and he wasn't too happy about that and it kind of peeved him off so now he's, he doesn't have anything to hold back. He's like, well, I'm, I'm going to tell you the real reason now because if they're going to make me do this, then I have nothing to hold against you. Mm. And maybe a lot of Lions fans are upset about it, I'm not upset with what he said or how he said it. Personally, I can understand it. Um, I can understand why a player would get frustrated with that. But I think that has to do with it. He he doesn't worry about his reputation among the Lions anymore. I think it begs one interesting question. If you don't pull for the players and you don't pull for the teams, if you just pull for the sport and what's good for the sport, you kind of like the franchise tag because it prevents super teams. It prevents teams that aren't high profile from being drained but is it good for the sport if one of the best players in the game feels like he has to walk away because his options aren't there Mm. because his only option is to play for the Lions they hold all the cards Um, all right the the other point to make there is he walked away and the Lions I know they were not a good team really but they were in the playoffs so if you get in the dance, isn't that all he ever really wanted to do is be a guy playing in the playoffs? He walked away from a team that still had a great quarterback or you know, good to great quarterback. Getting to the dance is not nearly the same as being a Super Bowl contender. The Lions got to the dance last year and had no business in it. Well, by the way, he wasn't volunteering his services. He was paid extremely well to do what he did. I mean, it, right. if winning any, team or not. If anything, it shows integrity. I, I was really surprised that he got blowback for this. I mean, it shows some integrity that you're not – fully in it, that you're a guy who really just wants to win at this point of his career, and if you're not fully in it, then you don't play. And, uh, all right, finally, before we let you go, Patrick, you know, uh, you're engaged. How's that yes, going? Yes, sir. Is that still happening? Yes, that's still <laughs> happening. She's planning a lot of things. How, I'm nodding my head along. Can you share the date with us, the wedding date? Uh, I'll tell you it's next May. Next May. So, um, Are we invited, all of us, including Sully? Absolutely not. That's fair. <laughs> hey, hey, thanks for thanks for adding me in on that. End of that. Yeah. I applaud that. I applaud that honesty. Um, uh, now, a lot of people, you know, building towards beach season, it's a nice marker, to, a goal to have your body tight and right. But a lot of people know if you've been married, uh, that wedding day is a really good way for motivation. I would think, mm-hmm. uh, to quote the great another Chicago legend like Kevin Patra, Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan, the ceiling is the roof with Patra's body, with his wedding day, uh, about nine months away now. I mean, all bets are off, I think, with that hot pot. Yeah, we're gonna we're probably going to do uh, less bulking in the uh, winter months, probably more, a little more two-a-days <laughs> to make sure it's slimmed down. Oh, I'm not joking, though, actually. You know, we talked about the J.J. Watt collection, Patra. It would be good. I'll just throw something out there. Uh, if, you re- if you get real yoked, uh, I'm talking – you know, uh, Rocky in like the second Rambo type yoke, lose okay. the lose the suit sleeves entirely and just have the guns okay. out like that. The altar. 
Now, should I have should I have somebody rip them off so they're more like authentically gone? Yeah, or, like use you cut Ooh, them off. Ooh, that's that's such a good call. What you have, you come up to the down the aisle in the customary suit, Ooh, and then nice. you have uh, your best man. Dan, uh, that would be Dan. Yeah, obviously me in this case. I, you know, once you you turn You're not around, even invited. This is even before when the let the bride come out too. Sure, sure. And then but you you tell the the priest or the pastor or the rabbi, uh, hold up. You step in front of your bride. You hold your arms out, and then you have your best man and, and your dad or your brother or something rip off each sleeve, and then you flex, and you have the uh, okay. church organist go into like. I don't know. I have a tiger. You have the champions. Like I have the tiger. Always a good uh, idea will, to upstage the bride. Oh, DMX. I will, I DMX. You go into some DMX jam. Fiance. I'll, p- I'll pitch that to the fiance, and I will let you know her response. <laughs> All right, good. Kevin, the day is about your <laughs> arms and the size of your arms. That's really what the day is about. <laughs> yes. She'll I, understand. I, I think so. She'll understand you put the work in. All right, Kevin Patra, good to hear from you, buddy. Thanks, fellas. Have a great day. Yeah, I like it. A little cheery, Kevin Patra. Oh, he's curmudgeonly. Off season, I guess. Oh, he's a different guy since uh, this woman came into his life. He's, you know, yeah. he's smiling in pictures. He's happy. Yeah, yep. He's, well, you should say an absolute workhorse. The uh, time off that we, you know, several of us have had in the studio. He's he's pumping the lifeblood through that that website. Yeah, and then he's going to the gym. Anyway, let's move on. New eras. NFL training collection has a great combination of innovative performance and style with features like UV protection, moisture wicking, and cooling technology. There's no reason, no reason you shouldn't make the new era NFL training collection a part of your daily attire available at retailers like lids. Lids is still around for lids. NFLshot.com and Dick's sporting goods. Oh, the great white whale. Of the around the NFL. Oh, we're getting yeah. closer. We're hey. mentioning them now. Yeah, that's like, true. They're kind of part of the show now. In your favorite team. A nice tight read. I like that. I, I, you know, I love the prior sponsor. Don't get me wrong. Where's the micromodal hat cloth used to make these lids? Need that. But the read was a little bit cumbersome, let's face it. Oof. The last one you're saying. Yeah. Our, our previous sponsor. Yeah. Uh, it was like a late period Judd Apatow movie of <laughs> sponsors. <laughs> I used to have a membership this to Lids. 40. <laughs> this, this is 40. This is 40. This is 40. All right. Before this podcast hits hour four, let's move on real quick and talk about uh, uh, the ESPYs. I have not watched this program um, probably ever. I don't think I've ever actually watched ESPYs, and I think it's kind of in practice a ridiculous show. Uh, the awards <laughs> like um, most courageous slam dunk goes to. <laughs> It's like what? What are you doing? Well, it, it's tough too. I mean, like you're a if you're a Patriots fan like me, it's like you're coming off this high <laughs> of the Super Bowl championship, and then you lose best championship team, and it's like it didn't even matter. Who got, you you who have took the L. They you gave, have struggled, Greg. Wait, they, that is a struggle. They they gave it to the Warriors, best championship team. It's Whoa, so, which is absurd. I mean, so much for the Patriots. Not a good season. Not a good enough. That's rough, bro. Sorry, I didn't even know that. It just it makes it so at least there's another mountain to climb. <laughs> um, anyway, Peyton Manning uh, was the host of the 25th annual ESPYs. How about that? And uh, I just want to share real quick. I wrote about this on the end around some of the uh, one of his some of his zingers, NFL related zingers. Uh, let's Sully. Let's just go through them. The first one. Uh, about the Los Angeles Rams. Last year's L.A. Rams are the subject of the critically acclaimed docu-series All or Nothing. 
Spoiler, it's nothing. Pretty good. No, he didn't write that, but it's fine. Sully clipped out the applause and, and laughter. <laughs> it's a shot against <laughs> Peyton there. I mean, Tennessee no, guy. No, 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 no. How dare you cut out the candle after? Right. <laughs> Did you like that, Wes? No, he's one of the most unfunny athletes I've oh, ever heard. You are I, I am with Wes on this, but let's Peyton Manning you know, could not be mind. unfunnier. How about stabbing the Rams in the back? Didn't they no try to way. sign Peyton Manning last year? I oh, also, shocker. Sully thinks a guy from Tennessee is funny. I also <laughs> I also kind of like the fact that you think Peyton Manning wrote these. It's, it's cute. I mean, his delivery is terrible. The deli- let's check out this delivery, oh, Wes. Stop. But I'm telling you, I believe in the Falcons. I believe in Matt Ryan, Dan Quinn, and I know in my heart the Falcons will be back, right? The Falcons will be back. That's, that's build-up. Anthony Jeselnik, same thing. The build-up, Greg, as you and know. I want the Falcons to hear that from me now, at the beginning of the show, because I know they'll stop paying attention three-quarters of the way in. Oh, no, he did it! Slightly tired, but... Yes. And then they, sh- they cut to poor Devonta Freeman. Literally dying inside with a smile. Tough. What else do we got? Uh, uh, Phil Jackson's Knicks are the most embarrassing thing to happen in New York sports. And that includes the time Mark Sanchez ran full steam up his teammate's anus and fumbled a football. You want to talk about tired. I mean, that's – so now here's the problem is if if he didn't write this, and we assume he didn't, that some some, some joke author in L.A. wrote this for him. That's where the embarrassment the joke lies. Author. Some person joke whose job author. is to come up with these wisecracks and these quips came up with that. The joke is that Peyton Manning said the word anus. Yeah. That's the joke. And and not for nothing, you know, you're mocking poor Mark Sanchez of, of the Jets. Was he there? The, no, he wasn't. The Jets, you know, went into Indianapolis and beat Peyton Manning in the playoffs once. This guy that you, you, you find it okay to rip in front of literally hundreds of people watching at home. Let's listen. One more. And I love that Serena Williams won the Australian Open while carrying a child. Got a problem with that one? I mean, that's even more impressive than two years ago when the Denver Broncos defense won the Super Bowl while carrying me. I mean, well, I mean you, come on. Yeah, you know, Sully cuts out the applause and laughter. It hurts the actual not, punchline. It feels a little death-like, but yeah. Well, here, Saw that one coming. Here's what's going on. We know Peyton Manning's M.O. He's not the most naturally gifted guy in the world, so he works his butt off. But comedy is something you either naturally are or you aren't, and he works so hard to try to be funny, and it just doesn't work. He's, put, he's putting in the time, they, and it's not paying off. They said, they you said, can't uh, say that was funny. They said John Mayer couldn't make it in comedy either. And what happened? Yeah, I'm with Wes on, yeah, on, on this. You got a grade on a scale for an athlete. He's good. No, no he's not. This is he's what I'm terrible. tired of. That yeah, because he's, he's an athlete, he's treated yeah, like he's, he's that there, that he's some sort of comedic genius because he's a football <laughs> Who said player. He's a comedic it's always always oh, commercials. Oh, I just can't get enough of his commercials. There are plenty of funny athletes, and then there's Peyton Manning, who would be rejected as an uncle in my who house for funny his athletes. Humor. Who are the funny athletes that have been on SNL and done a good job? Who beats him? Wes? Why do you have to be on SNL? Why do you have to be on some corporate mandated show to be funny? Who can't beats you just him? Just listen to it. Uh, I don't know the average Joe off the street. Any offensive lineman? Everybody. 
any, any offensive, offensive line. When you okay. are when you are taking comedy and making things unfunny, everybody beats you. Like I, keeping your mouth shut would be beating him. I've Save spoken, this I've, for the Chris <laughs> Wessling colon serious about comedy podcast. Yeah, <laughs> I've spoken to Marcus Cannon. He's not funnier than Peyton Manning. That guy is serious. And everybody, you know, everybody, calm down. You said offensive lineman. Everybody, calm down about Joe Thomas. Joe Thomas can pipe down on Twitter a little bit. He is. He. I will say this. He is naturally funnier than Peyton Manning. Huh? Okay. And by the way, that, that, that's not that. a high bar. We found one. Wow. One offensive lineman. Good job. Right, Sully, calm down. <laughs> Just you, know, you went to Tennessee like 30 years ago. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> All right. Finally, moving on. I, I'm not a huge Peyton Manning comedy fan, but I think Wes, I you have it out for all the Manning brothers. You even hate Cooper Manning. Uh, I know that personally. You've told me privately. Uh, on boozy nights. At the I have no opinion on Cooper Manning. <laughs> Peyton Manning, one of the greatest quarterbacks and football players of all time, also one of the least funny human beings on the planet. Feels like a fair trade-off. Can't, you can't be both. Uh, he's got it all, to me anyway. Um, but opinions vary. That's why it's good to have all the, uh, all the four horsemen back together so we could be arguing about a Manning brother once more. <laughs> <laughs> That's why this show exists mostly. Uh, finally today, oh, it's time to bring it back. You know what it is. It's time for Qualis tu Fantasia, which loosely, Mark, translates to? Uh, what is your fantasy? Yeah. I thought it was what's your fancy. It's fancy. What's your fancy? Yeah, what is your fancy? <laughs> um, I, always th- I thought it was fantasy. Too. Well, I think a lot of people think I, I think we put what's your fancy into a Google translation yes. thing, and it came out as such. Qualis tu Fantasia. Yeah. So it's all people are confused by it, uh, but basically this is a scenario where each of us will throw out um, a kind of like a fantastical um, storyline or um, proposition, uh, and and then each of us have to think about it. What is your fancy uh, with this story? Where do you come down? How would you handle it, uh, Mark? We always have to start with you. So why don't you get us going? A little quasi fantasia. All right, the future of the NFL. Rests in your hands. Who is the sacks back? I guess it is. You must choose one of the following options to shift the look of pro football forever. Option one, you have the choice to immediately expand the league by adding eight new teams, giving us 40 clubs total. These eight teams would satisfy the NFL's mandate for a grand international presence with new franchises in London, Berlin, The Hague, the Netherlands, Mexico City, Paris, Bangladesh, Costa Rica, and Moscow. Naturally, this would require adding another 500-plus players to the league and two brand-new divisions. The schedule would balloon to 18 games over 20 weeks with primetime affairs being up to six nights a week to accommodate team travel for a league aiming to become the biggest sport on planet Earth. Or, option two, contraction. You must eliminate eight teams of your choice, reducing the NFL to 24 franchises across two conferences. No talk of expansion for another 20 years. While this might sound like something you'd immediately dismiss, it would give football fans fewer teams stocked with far more talent and no riffraff. Solid quarterback play and roster depth from team to team with a playoff system that seeds the entire conference instead of ha- handing fans some 8-8 eight and eight divisional winning stink bomb. Qualis to Fantasia. Good question. It's a good one, Mark. That's a great one. I'll get I'll get us going here. I think both instances ruin the NFL. They're both extreme. Yeah. One uh, this the one where you contract the teams makes the league maybe better from a competition angle, but it ruins the NFL in which in the in the sense that you rip the hearts out of a full quarter of the 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 fan bases in the league 
and from, both from a PR angle and just from a decency angle, it, it, uh, that just it, it wouldn't fly. And I personally, and you know, maybe they would eliminate the other New York team, which it certainly wouldn't be the Giants. Uh, I would I would never come back to the NFL if they just ripped my team away in the in in the search for some type of better league. And the other one, yeah, just think how sloppy the football would be. Think about all the games. Think of the injuries. Think about the travel issues. So what's your answer? Um, if I had to choose one, I guess. I guess I would do the contraction route, but I don't think I could watch an NFL that you know had such disdain for their customers. Mm, it's an interesting scenario. I would definitely not do the eight new teams. I don't want to see a watered-down <laughs> NFL. I, the idea is to make the games better, not worse. Uh, contraction, I would choose that if I had to, and I would be willing to sacrifice the Bengals. You know, I would throw them in <laughs> right off the bat as, <laughs> as a team to contract. Uh, but I think you would run into many political hurdles in this scenario uh, with the um, monopoly scenario. Oh, yeah. Mm. You would have new leagues popping up, and I believe politicians, especially in the cities getting contracted, would push for those new leagues to work, and the NFL would have competition. Yeah, yeah ultimately, I, I agree with everything Dan and, and Wes said, and I would I would probably go with contraction as the, the lesser – of two evils. I, I don't think it would, it would be devastating to all those cities, you know, sports leagues rise and contract. This, this is what happens. This league is, you know, used to rise and contract, uh, you know, way back in, in the day, you know, there's relegation obviously in, in Europe. I don't think it would necessarily kill the popularity of the sport. I would hate to see it though, but I definitely, you know, don't want to be covering the old Bangladesh uh, Bengals <laughs> four in the morning on a Wednesday. Oh, Cincinnati's. Uh, well, Cincinnati's I guess they moved. The yeah, yeah, What's the market for NFL football in Bangladesh? I, it's mar- it's going to be massive, according to this NFL world. They're going to go because the this Chargers and the small stadium thing is going to be a big hit. They're going to play for like forty people in Bangladesh, <laughs> like a little <laughs> tiny arena for forty people. Would they be playing with real Bengal tigers? It's everything's out. Everything's on the table. By the way, you know who would own. The, the Moscow NFL team, right? Because the guy already tried to own the Bills. Who's that? Who? Oh, Trump. Number 45. Oh, I thought you meant Putin. He's already got a Super Bowl ring. That's true. Right, he does. <laughs> um, so keep that in mind as well if you want to go that route. All right, Wes, you're up. In the news today, question started by Pro Football Focus. Who would you start your franchise with? And Elliot Shore Parks of NJ.com took it in another direction. He said he would not take any non-quarterback over Carson Wentz. Qual est tu fantasia? Start your franchise with Carson Wentz or any non-quarterback in the NFL. What? That's an interesting question. Any yeah. non-quarterback. So you could say J.J. Watt, Aaron Donald, Le'Veon Bell, Odell Beckham, Julio, Julio Jones. Jones. Or Carson Wentz? Or Carson Wentz. It's the most important position in sports. Am I missing something here? Has Carson Wentz proven to us that he's a guy that you we have be not so seen valuable? Enough. We have not seen enough. Well, he, but he, he, nor has Sam Darnold. Uh, you know, the writer who posited that certainly believes, must believe Carson Wentz is a top 10 quarterback. Well, considering and so then it's not that crazy because would you, you know, would you rather have Phillip Rivers at, you know, age 28 or whatever than... But wouldn't you want to have some proof that that's actually the case rather than a, a gut feeling yeah. based on a couple I good think, quarters of game tape? I think you'd want at least uh, half a season to know that his wonky mechanics have been straightened out. In this in this world, I don't know how you acquire quarterbacks, what kind of team it is. But, yeah, I would take 
I would take the field. I would take, you know, Julio Jones or J.J. Watt. I was going to say. What were, where Aaron Donald. I would too because if we're talking about an expansion team, it, it's going to take – with most of these expansion teams, it's going to take half a decade for them to become a, not a fluky winner, but a consistent winner. And you're going to have time to get your quarterback, but I'd want to put him in a better situation when that guy arrives. Yeah, I, this is kind of an offshoot, but who would be the guy you would take? For me, it would probably come down between David Johnson and Julio Jones. Maybe Julio just because of the way the league's going. But I think considering age, I would take Odell Beckham over Julio Jones, but I could see why you would take Julio. Beckham's insane. That's the only thing that holds me back, maybe going his direction. He's also a Hall of Famer. Yeah. Might go Antonio Brown. He's 30, I believe. That's a little old. Khalil well, Mack. that's why I'm not a Khalil Mack's not crazy. If it was Watt like a year ago before these surgeries, yeah. then I would have said Watt. Yeah, the back surgery. Donald is in the mix. Le'Veon Bell. Yep. A lot of options. A lot of options. All right, let's move on now. The old Zeuser will uh, throw one out there. That's me. You are new Cleveland Browns defensive coordinator Greg Williams. During the course of your controversial career, you have gained a reputation as a no-nonsense hothead who demands results from his players at the risk of hellacious verbal lashings. You're also one of the central figures in the Bounty Gate scandal, the forgotten offseason scandal that, in our opinion at least, trounced Deflategate and Bullygate in terms of general intrigue and entertainment value. That's a little aside. It's like sleep, people sleeping a little bit on how wild Bounty Gate was. You're right. <laughs> I'm not looking back at it wistfully, but if I had to choose one to cover exhaustively for months... That was worth it? That would be, to me, yeah. in the power rankings, number one. I digress. It was a strange one. Bounty Gate nearly ended your career, but now you are down to your last chances at D.C. in Cleveland, and you know bringing back the pain-for-pay bookkeeping will take Cleveland out of the cellar and back to the playoffs. In fact, you know it. You know it thanks to a premonition in a dream. 11-5, AFC North champion, playoff future unknown. It just It's basically the dream was after clinching the AFC North in Week 17. All of a sudden, prospects to be a head coach. Everything is in play. The risk is obvious. If you get caught for a second time for uh, bounty work, the public fallout will be atomic, and your career in football will almost certainly be finished. Have you guys been capping yours with calls to Fantasia? I I attempted to. Okay, good. Oh, I know what I would say because he's 58 years old and he's already been – his reputation is heavily marred whether people want to remember that whole incident or not. And I don't think he's the only coach in the league that's, you know, pushed for aggressive type play. But that went beyond the pale entirely. And I would say you don't do it because – we live in an age where you're not going to get through a season where out these young players are going to say, we've heard about this too. We're not going to be a part of this. And secondly, someone's going to talk. Yeah. You're never going to get, this is not 1962. Someone's going to talk. It got out last time. It'll get out much quicker this time. And Greg Williams will go down in disgrace. He's going to live for another 25, 30 plus years and has to live with that just to go 11 and five. No, I agree. He's going to want to earn some money for the rest of his life. And he has, he has great proof that it's hard to lose your, job that you're always find a friend or someone that believes in him. Maybe he's not a coordinator, but maybe he's a linebackers coach somewhere. I don't think it's going to happen. And I don't think they've really learned that much from it. I remember in all or nothing and with the Rams, there's one moment where the official tells the Rams to stop, you know, 
you know, pushing a little bit after the play. And you know what Jeff Fisher does? He goes to his players and goes, oh, the, the officials just warned me about it. I want you guys to go harder at them. And they're like, yeah. It's Fisher like, said that? Yeah, Fisher said that. I was like, they don't care. <laughs> All right. If I'm Greg Williams, I'm thinking to myself, it's not too late to become a better person. <laughs> <laughs> Greg Rosenthal, another uh, 60% G-er. You're up. All right. I went back and listened to an old show of ours, by the way, from two years ago mm-hmm. to remember what Qualis Tufanteja was, mm-hmm. like whether it's either or. Mm-hmm. It was some interesting stuff. There was a Tom Brady trade to the Raiders on the table. Mm. We all mocked Reggie McKenzie as someone who would never have a job in the NFL <laughs> again. West did not take Tom Brady, did not want him on, on the Raiders. Smart man. Stuff mm. going on. So in that same vein. So I kept Derek Carr? Uh, Carr wasn't even involved. It was. It was. Mm. You didn't even have to give up Carr. You, you probably thinking of Matt Tom Schwab. Brady. You were thinking Matt Schwab. <laughs> uh, you are Arizona Cardinals general manager or Steve Kime, and you <laughs> Kime bomb. You get on the phone. You're actually Belichick, and you get a call from Steve Kime. You've lost Carson Palmer for the season to another devastating knee injury. You call up uh, your bill, and you get this call from old Kimebomb, and here's the offer for you. This is Kimebomb. They, they don't want to waste Bruce Arians' potential uh, last year. They want to plan ahead a little bit. They're going to send you a 2018 first-round pick from the Cardinals, a 2019 first-round pick for the Cardinals, and Larry Fitzgerald in exchange for young Jimmy Garoppolo, who can provide the Arizona Cardinals with some sort of future. And, oh, by the way, you know, you've got so many receivers. Just throw in Malcolm Mitchell for me, will you do? Send it back. Send it back. Little Malcolm Mitchell. Qual is too fantasia? Here's the thing. The, the Patriots obviously believe in Garoppolo. They believe he is a guy, or, or else they would have traded him ready. They, they're trying to figure the situation out, and they're handling it, I think, the right way. Um, and if they truly believe he is a big-time player, and if they send it, send him to a team like Arizona, which uh, is very close to being right back in contention if some things go the right way, if they got two number one picks, is that what you said? Two number one picks and for those, those can easily end up being 28, 29, 30, 31, 32 overall picks. And then it's like not that sexy to me. It's not like you're getting a banger of a first round pick. So for that reason, I say no, because Garoppolo, you think is good. And if he goes to Arizona, they're going to be great. This was an easy one for me. Turn it down. Mm. As much as I want to see Larry Fitzgerald in a championship ring and as much as if I'm Belichick, he's been one of my favorite players, I don't need him. I'm winning Super Bowls without Larry Fitzgerald. I got Brandon Cooks. I got Julian Edelman. I got Amendola. I've got Malcolm Mitchell. I don't need Larry Fitzgerald. And I don't need your draft picks either. I need a backup quarterback in case my quarterback goes down because mm. I'm in the business of winning Super Bowls, not building pretty rosters. I'm with you. I, I think they that the moment to get a King's Ransom for Jimmy G already passed. I mean, it, it, you could you let let the Cardinals call you back two days later with a sweeter offer if they want. Let the, but do what keep doing what you've done. Own that situation, and they're going to keep Jimmy Garoppolo around, and he's going to succeed Tom Brady and maybe Belichick coaches for another eight or nine years. Mark. All right. Well, this does get into similar territory to something that Greg mentioned, but why not? We will go for it. Spin a few weeks into the future. The date is July twenty fourth, two thousand seventeen. We are all locked in for another season of work, but you are Bill Belichick. Right now, 
You're bunkered inside the Patriots facility, eating a two-week-old turkey club and pondering the day's most devastating headline. Jimmy Garoppolo has just announced his retirement, choosing to ditch football to join a clandestine yoga retreat in central Virginia. It's amazing. You're also thinking about the text you just received from Bill Parcells. It reads, Sorry to hear about Jimmy G. This is off topic, but I need to, I need you to know something. There were always two there were always two Bill Parcells, me and my secret twin sibling. His real name was Bobbert. Bobbert Parcells. Bobbert! Terrible. He replaced me for a, my final two seasons with the Jets for a reason I can't get into right now. Point being, any interaction you had with me in 1989, 1998 and 1999 were actually with Bobbert Parcells, my twin. I just wanted you to know that. Then the phone rings. It's Raiders GM Reggie McKenzie, breathing heavily and sounding frazzled. Sugar Bear! Bill, I'm offering you a deal. Derek Carr and next year's first round pick for Tom Brady right now. Yes or no? Qualis to Fantasia. That one made my brain hurt. So why? Where does the Bobbert? That's what I was saying. It does. It has nothing to do with it. When you're weird, the phone rings during another weird thing that was happening to him. That's his life. Oh, so but that okay. That's just kind of like something that happened in between. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. It's amazing. <laughs> uh, I I'm saying no, Reggie McKenzie. Uh, why would I want to trade Tom Brady at, unless? The, I know Derek Carr's great. He could set you up for the future and, and everything like that, but I am not trading Tom Brady right he, now. Here's yeah. what I know Tom Brady can do. He can trash the greatest secondary of the 21st century in the fourth quarter for one Super Bowl win. Then he can do the greatest comeback in NFL history for another Super Bowl win. I don't know if Derek Carr can do those things on the biggest stage possible. Hmm. I know Tom Brady. Not only Tom Brady can, but he's improved every year for the past four years. I'm keeping that guy. You've, you've changed tunes. Uh, a couple of years ago, you, you decided to get rid of Brady for Khalil Mack, Amari Cooper, and a first-round pick. Hmm, I'm going to have to go back and listen to that. But you, it's probably, that's quite a haul. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. Um, give me Derek Carr. Tom Brady is old as Mmm. That's it. Yeah, I think it's compelling. I mean, but I agree with Wes. I don't, I've been trying to trade tom brady in these various scenarios <laughs> for like five years and it would have been a bad move every time we've never we've done never that. done a qualis to fantasia that didn't involve bill belichick <laughs> for whatever reason he's catnip in this game right he uh i mean maybe the, the real answer to the question is you call up people close to bill parcells uh, and you see if they know any medical professionals he can go see because he seems troubled he seems in trouble. Who, Bill or Bobbert? I don't know. Bobbert? Whatever's going on. Way, I'd be a little worried know. that Bobbert does not exist. I think that would Bill's, say – Bill is struggling. That would tell me that Bill and Bill actually – their friendship is fully yeah. back on. Right. I think Bobbert got in the way. I think if you care about Bill Parcells, you try to do something. It would also tell me that Bobbert Parcells uh, had a 10 nothing lead in the third quarter of the 98 AFC Championship game. Yeah, but Bobbert lost it. Coach. He lost it, yeah. Bill wouldn't have. Where was Bill during this? He can't explain. He won't explain. Uh, do we <laughs> – does anybody else want to do one? I'll or? do. I'll do one quickly. How about that? Gre- Wes, are you okay with deferring to Greg on this? Absolutely. Okay. Nobody I'd rather defer to. Okay. Wait, we could do more than one. Right? Uh, it's time to go. But here we go. All right. You are Mark Sessler. In- oh. <laughs> In Mark's case, you know, this should be an easy role. But for the two of you, you are Mark Sessler. So you all, you don't know that you're Mark Sessler. You have all the thoughts and dreams that Mark Sessler would. You're not aware that you used to be someone else. You're visited by an angel. That angel, strangely, is Will Selva. 
very similar to Will Selva, and he he gives you two options. <laughs> Will Selva, the Mark Sessler of uh, Good Morning yeah. Football. Yeah, it was originally going to be Aaron Coscarelli. <laughs> now it now it's Will Selva as an angel, and he gives you two options, and he tells you. Once you choose, I will erase this conversation from your memory. You will not know that we had it, but I give you these two options. Number one, you can have a dream season rooting for the Cleveland Browns that no one sees coming. The greatest story in sports history, the least likely Super Bowl championship team ever. They escaped from 1-15 to the playoffs in a magical Super Bowl run ending in Minnesota that you will get to cover live at the game, do the podcast afterwards. Or I will be able to double your salary. We will put Around the NFL podcast on air on NFL Network. (laughs) And oh, by the way, the Heat and Light podcast now has a show on NFL Network, too. That will not happen. (laughs) Qual es tu fantasia? What, the Heat and Light podcast is getting popped up? Did they say anything about the throwback? <laughs> throwback Pat podcast not involved, not involved. But you are Mark Sessler. You, yeah. you only have his thoughts. Live throwing copper this week. Check it out. <laughs> um, this is the toughest one yet. This is very because tough. I'm trying to put myself in Mark's shoes and which one would make him happier. And I don't know the answer. I don't either. I don't either. It's a tough one. I, I'm going to take B. Double the salary. ATNFL on air. Heat and light podcast. Supported by. This arm of NFL media, I think that that improves Mark's quality of life quite a bit. Do we know anything about the ratings? Is this something where it's a sustain? <laughs> no, no, well, it's no guarantees beyond it, that. I mean, you I get, mean, they just get on the air. We don't know yeah, if they're successful. Well, from then, you're back to being Mark Sessler, and, and life is just back like how it would be. And our show is on the air, though, too. Our Double your salary air. lasts more than one year. The Browns, well, I mean, the euphoria, well, euphoria from the Browns could last multiple years, but... Working in a corporate setting, you have to understand if you double your salary, yeah, that's great, but you're also putting a target on your back. And if you don't <laughs> oh. deliver on these programming, the programs, <laughs> they, wow. could, they could cut you loose. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm oh. not saying what I believe how the Heat and Light television show would do or our show would do, but there's a lot of pressure. I don't think Mark would like it that much. There seems to be a lot <laughs> riding on these t- television shows in a dying medium. I don't think that's the way to go. I think Mark, if I'm Mark, Give me the dream season. Give me the glory of that run and being in Minnesota when it happens and, and being in the Browns locker room. You can never take it away from them. You can take away all that other stuff and be can never take away um, uh, hoisting the Lombardi. You can never take away Jimmy Haslam <laughs> hoisting a Lombardi trophy in uh, U.S. Bank Stadium. I don't know what I, I'm really baffled by this one because the second one is not just about me. It would benefit multiple other people, including my family. Right. Like the Browns one would also benefit thousands and millions of other people that have suffered with that team. So it's a little bit of a crazy, but because no one knows that I made the decision. And you won't even know. I won't even know. I Your mind will be erased. Of I, I did not hear that the Browns will never win the Super Bowl right. in the second equation. Oh, is that part of it? I mean, no. It's oh. not. It's not. So, I, so what? But they won't. But they won't. But we don't. But that's what I. That's where I'm living now. So I like the idea. I think it just. It's. I like the idea of everything uh, in work life and for our whole group and everything else having the chance to blow up. Double salary sounds good. And maybe the Browns win the Super Bowl three or five hundred years from now, and I'll know about it from another realm. So that was kind of like a Mister Destiny one, Greg. Yeah. 
Of the James Belushi one. vehicle? Never saw that flick, but heard good things. I did see that. I never Way saw back that. when. It's the only James Belushi <laughs> vehicle worth checking out. Uh, Linda, Linda Hamilton is the... Uh, is it the only James Belushi play. vehicle, period? <laughs> Belushi had some vehicles. They didn't run very Oh, he well. had that one uh, sitcom. And James, hey. Courtney Thornsmith. Yeah, I was a big... Uh, he had a couple CT where he was acting S-Man. with like a, a dog was a lead character, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Another a dog, an animal. And it's tragic what happened to his brother. But hey, James, you're not the Blues Brothers. So let's stay off the stage. <laughs> wow. All right. <laughs> Who saw the James Lucci takedown coming? <laughs> not James. Not getting that on any other NFL oh, I podcast. Think, I think he saw it coming. Um, okay, we got to go. Um, by the way, the magic number for the Shield after back-to-back wins – um, in the past two weeks, uh, and thank you to Tony Garcia, shout out to a guy that doesn't listen to our podcast, uh, for stepping in for the old Zeuser as manager and doing a great job. Magic number one, we clinch with a victory over the West Side Coyotes tonight. Uh, so let's get that. Let's get back to the dance. Uh, we'll let you know on Tuesday's show how Play that ball. goes. And also Tuesday's show will be a video show just like this past Tuesday's show, www.nfl.com slash ATN videos uh, or video. Uh, and that's it. Let's go home, Sully. This is Dan Hansen signing off for Quiet Storm, the mailman, the boss, and Sean Trevor Sullivan behind the glass. Del Tuesday! You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count.